On this prequel episode, we've got a Patreon. We're following up on Prince Caspian with our fan polls and previewing Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs. Hello and welcome back to This Film is Lit, the podcast where we talk about movies that are based on books and sometimes children's books. We don't have a learning things segment this week. Um, I was trying to put one together. I couldn't find a good direction for it mm-hmm. so i just decided again not to i don't know i wanted to and it's but i i hadn't read the book anyways it's a whole thing but uh so no learning thing segment this week but uh we will have we're not stopping learning thing segments we're gonna get back to them eventually we just haven't had one the last two i think uh, yeah the last couple yeah anyways we'll get back to them but we had something else we wanted to talk about and that is the fact that we now have a patreon yay uh yes uh it's the thing that everybody does um but we decided to finally kind of get on board with that we have enough listeners uh i think that to kind of make sense to to do something like that um we're we're both millennials uh working you know that millennial life and <laughs> that hustle that hustle uh <laughs> and it seems like some people enjoy our podcast and we if those people would like to throw a couple bucks our way we, we're not gonna say no to that um but you obviously don't have to uh the show is gonna stay free forever um and we'll talk about i'm gonna get into what the tiers are real quick we're not gonna talk about the super long just a few minutes kind of tell you what kind of what the tiers are uh you can where where you can find us uh the our patreon that sort of thing um uh, and what you can expect if you do support us um, but obviously, like I said, don't ever feel the need to support us. Don't ever feel weird about it, it if you can't afford it or whatever. That's mm-hmm. I mean, because I've experienced at times with good, bad or bad, bad that people will message and be like, I'm sorry, I can't pay this month because of whatever reason. I'm like, what are you doing? Don't <laughs> I mean, I, I appreciate that they're apologizing or, you know, that they feel whatever that, you know, that they enjoy us enough to feel bad about it or whatever. But I, I cannot urge enough for everybody to not feel weird or bad about not supporting us the the fact that you listen is incredible on its own so um but yeah so we want to throw that out there and we have some stuff uh for people who do decide to support us so we're gonna have three tiers on launch um and we don't think they'll change too much probably hopefully not we may add some stuff we we have some ideas kicking around Mm -hmm. that may get added to certain tiers down the road but we don't know for sure and we haven't like fleshed out those ideas yet so currently it's just kind of basic but uh so we have three tiers the first is three dollars a month this is all per month not per episode or anything like that so it's just one-time billing at the beginning of the month and then that's it. Um, so for three bucks a month, uh, you support us. Hey. Uh, and you'll also get early access and an ad-free version. And so early access, generally speaking, would mean that you would get the episode the night or evening before it comes out for everybody. I normally post it in the morning mm-hmm. for uh, the wide audience. And I usually edit it that evening. Like we're recording this on Tuesday night right now. And it will go out Wednesday morning to everybody. Um, but what I'll do is that when I finish editing the episode, and we can potentially try to edit them maybe a night earlier, whatever. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll figure it out. But at least the evening before, I'll post a version for patrons. Because there is a patron RSS feed if you've not used Patreon before. When you go, if you do go to support us, you can, um, there will be a, uh, an RSS feed link. Uh, and it varies based on your podcast supplier, how you do this but there's a way you can and you pretty easy to google and figure it out um to take the rss link that is on our patreon feed and put that into whatever podcast app you use 
and then you will get access to our Patreon podcast app or Patreon podcast feed, which that's where I'll be posting the episodes early. So uh, at least the evening before, uh, if you you know if you want to get it early, you'll get it early. Uh, Ad free doesn't apply right now, but if we ever do get big enough, Fingers I figured crossed. I figured I'd keep <laughs> it in there just on the off chance if we ever do get big enough to have ads. Yeah, then you won't have ads in your. If you're a patron, you won't have ads in your version because you're already giving us money. We don't, yeah. yeah. So um, second tier is six bucks a month uh, and that gets you bonus content. So uh, this will primarily be uh, it gives you all the other stuff from the three dollar mm-hmm. tier, but it also gives you bonus content. Uh, that will primarily be like bonus episodes We're after we're finished recording this prequel episode right now, we're going to record a discussion on uh, the Mandalorian the two episodes that are out so far and Dollface, which is a show we've been watching on Hulu. And we're going to talk about how we feel about that show. Those, those two shows, um, give some, give our thoughts, you know, be 30, 40, whatever, how long episode. Uh, and so it'll probably primarily be that mostly, but we yeah. have other ideas. It may be other stuff. It may be behind the scenes pictures. Sometimes. I mean, we post it. It's not that we're going to like stop posting some of that stuff to Facebook or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's just that there may be some extra stuff. Um, but primarily that will be like bonus episodes of the show about uh, certain things. And now that isn't to say that like if a big movie comes out that we want to review, like when uh, Rise of Skywalker comes out, that'll probably go to everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, but smaller things, other things, well, who knows? It, it'll be all kinds of stuff. But that's that's what you get the bonus content at the six dollar level. And then uh, the final one that we have right now is the $15 level um, per month, uh, which you get all the stuff said before. Uh, You also get priority recommendations. So if you're at the $15 level, we will try. And now in the early stages, this will be easier than if we get a bunch of $15 patrons. This will become more complicated, but we'll figure it out when we get there. Um, uh, you will get priority recommendation status where if you support us at that level, if you recommend something, we will do our very best to work that into our schedule sooner rather than yeah. later. We have tons of stuff on our list. We have tons of recommendations. Mm-hmm. But if you're giving us 15 bucks a month, we're going to figure out a way to work that in pretty quick. So, uh, <laughs> again, I can't make any promises <laughs> on like exactly how quickly or whatever, but that will be you will get priority recommendation status. Also, we're going to give you recognition in every prequel episode at the beginning or the end of every prequel episode. Uh, we're going to read through all of our $15 patrons right now. Mm-hmm. I think it's just called Hall of Fame patrons or something like yeah. that. But we'll we're still haven't figured out the names for all the levels, but we'll come up with clever names. We just haven't done that yet, um, but we'll read out all of our $15 patrons every prequel episode, so you'll get a little bit if you want to change your name. I know a lot of podcasts that I listen to, the patrons um, will change their names every couple weeks to some other sort of inside joke or something, mm-hmm. blah, 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 whatever, so you can do that, and then you'll get it read out, or or a, a cause you support or whatever. Um, that was like one of the podcasts I listened to. They Somebody has used their patron name since the beginning I've been listening to the podcast to uh, uh, promote the opposition to ear docking and declawing of, oh. of pets. So, like, you know, whatever. It can be whatever you want. But, um, yeah. Uh, and also, at all tiers, and I forgot to mention this earlier, at every single tier, 3, 6, and 15, uh, when you sign up the first time, we'll give you a shout-out once when you first sign yeah. up. Yeah. Um, but not repeatedly. If you're at the $15 level, every week you'll get a shout-out. So, or every other week, I guess you'll get a shout out. So that's how that's going to work. Those are our tiers. Um, and yeah, like I said, it's, it's mostly, uh, 
if you just want to support us, if you like what we do and feel it's worth some money, then cool. If not, that's cool too. You do you. (laughs) (laughs) Anything to add, Katie? No. Okay. (laughs) Fantastic. All right. That was it. That's our Patreon announcement. Uh, You can find it. You just search this film is lit on Patreon. Should be able to find it. We'll post. uh, We'll also have social media links uh, on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, uh, all those places. Um, So if you follow us on one of those, you'll be able to see it. We'll post a link to it. So that's for that. Let's get on and talk about what other people had to say in our fan polls and comment follow up. So... My call to give it to the movie was not nearly as controversial as I was slightly worried it was going to be. Not at all. Um, According to our audience that voted. Uh, Yeah. According to the people that voted, the movie actually won out. Yeah. Um, On every platform, right? Yeah. 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 Um, On Facebook, uh, we got seven votes. Um, the book took uh, 43%. The movie took 57%. Like four to three. It's like four to three-ish. Yeah. Um, we got a couple of comments, um, a few from people who usually weigh in. Uh-huh. Um, Ray on Facebook said, I watched this movie a considerable number of times as a kid and just like you guys enjoyed it more than the first movie because of its pacing and action sequences, as well as what I felt like was fun development of fun characters. Um, even though as a kid, I quickly read and was really able to enjoy the book, The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, and even ones like Voyage of the Dawn Treader and the Magi- Magician's <laughs> Nephew, I found it really difficult to print- finish Prince Caspian as it felt really slow and lacking in the fun that the movie possibly made me expect. Um, and I, that is a risk that you take when you see the movie before you read the book. It's true. <laughs> but it is interesting that that exactly follows your... Yeah, although that you didn't, did you? My, uh, a similar assessment of it. Did you? And I don't know if we, I guess we didn't discuss this on the main episode. Did you read the book before you saw the movie? Like, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. I read all the Narnia books as a kid. That's like, what. Yeah, that's what I thought. Way before I just they were making movies. Okay. That's what I thought. I just couldn't remember for sure that you did, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, also on Facebook, uh, Jennifer said, "I've never read this book. Uh, have no real nostalgia for the book or the series." Um, she also talked a little bit about like how she feels about the religious aspect of it. Yeah. Um, not so great, uh, which was kind of similar to how we feel about it. Yeah. Um, but kind of coming from the opposite perspective of being from a very religious yeah, upbringing. Yeah, she said, uh, due to an ultra-religious upbringing where depiction of magic of any kind was evil. Also, a Jesus allegory in the form of a talking animal was viewed yeah, as sacrilegious. Yeah, that's interesting. That's it kind is, of the opposite perspective of mine yeah. to some extent, where I, you know, didn't, I came up from a non-religious Yeah, background. it's a, a more extreme perspective, yeah. I think. Um, she, says, she said, so when I finally caught up on these books, I was already aware that it was written um, with the goal of, like, making children more accepting of Christianity. Um, Not having experienced it when I was young, I didn't have childlike wonder and enchantment with any of the books. I picked the movie because I felt like it nails everything wonderful that it's at the heart of the story, has much better pacing, and I believe in the characters much more on screen than I do on the page. So your your experience is reflected by every one of our listeners so far. Like, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, sorry, in terms of like their feelings of the movie, versus right? The yeah, the the differences and the way the, that the, the pacing movie specifically things. was something you mentioned, uh, and the character development mm-hmm. was another yeah. thing specifically that you brought up. Yeah. 
Um, but we did have one person who rode to the defense of the book. Yep. Um, Patty said, so it may be nostalgia, and this is one of my favorite book series from childhood. I've read them so many times. I just found the movie lacking. I prefer the BBC miniseries adaptation, which stays very true to the book. Now, I have never seen the BBC adaptation, so I, I can't comment on that. Um, and I, I think nostalgia is a fair reason to prefer a book over a movie or vice versa. Yeah. Um, I, I try not to lean on it because nostalgia is something that's very personal. It's very personal, yeah. So I try to make it, like, my verdict, something a little bit different than that. Yeah. But uh, thinking back to the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe episode, I, I did lean on nostalgia a little bit because the book and the movie were so similar yeah. um, that I kind of granted it to the book just you know, for the virtue of being a beloved childhood book that right. a lot of people love. Right. And I think nostalgia is a perfectly valid, like, reason to prefer something. Like, yeah. I mean, there's almost any reasons, a valid reason to prefer something. But um, we try to stay away from it on the show, generally. I mean, we'll we'll talk about it. Yeah, but we generally yeah, try to, to... It's not a very nostalgia because it is so personal is not a very interesting reason I don't think at least I I, I wouldn't imagine to uh, to listen nostalgia is not a very interesting reason to listen to somebody else talk about why they like a thing mm-hmm. because it is so personal yeah I mean you can do it like if you were writing like a, an essay about your nostalgia of this thing like that mm-hmm. could you could do it in a way that was very moving and very interesting um but I think if you're coming at it from the angle of kind of what we're trying to do on the show of comparing the movie and the book um, and the way that they tell the story that we're coming at it, trying to come at it from a more, quote unquote, objective angle. Right. Yeah. You know I, try, I mean? try to make it as objective as I can. And right. nostalgia is something that is so subjective yeah. because obviously we all have different childhoods. We read different things. We see different things. Yeah. So if I was just like, well, I prefer Prince Caspian the book because I'm nostalgic about my childhood. Yeah. You know, people listening would be like, well, that doesn't apply to right. me. So yeah. Yeah. why do I care about that? Right. Because like for both of us, and I think it's really exemplified in our Harry Potter episodes. I mean, now we picked the book in every single episode. but. Yeah. We uh, and uh, for both of us, those are incredibly nostalgic things. For me, that's prop Harry Potter series is the book series is probably the single most nostalgic thing of mm-hmm. my childhood. Maybe like up there with like the original Star Wars movies that what or, and I've talked about when I saw those in a cabin with my parents, like on a camping trip or whatever. Um, but Harry Potter's up there for me uh, as like the thing that like triggers this my nostalgia harder than like almost anything else. Um, but I didn't try. I tried not to talk about that when we were yeah. doing the episode because, again, like you said, it's just not. Yeah. To other people, it's like, okay, well, I wasn't in your bedroom eating peanut butter and jelly and cottage cheese reading <laughs> these books. So you saying that and that's why you like them means nothing to me. Like, um, again, that's not to say that if you prefer something for that reason, totally get it. Yeah. Totally makes sense. And you can, you can, you can have that reason. And yeah, that's just yeah. kind of where we're coming from when we're talking to a yeah, bunch of we're people. just trying to do something a little different yeah um so those were our facebook comments um and then over on twitter we had eight people weigh in um the book had three of those votes the movie had five um it says 4v4 if you go and look at the poll on twitter but i'm about to <laughs> reveal why that okay. is um so oh. <laughs> uh, at marvel dc fanboy 
commented. Did he his Twitter handle again? Yes. <laughs> no, the handle is still the same. Oh, okay. Um, I meant to choose the movie, but I accidentally clicked on the book. Uh, so I moved one of those votes for Oh, okay. Him. There you go. Uh, he said, the movie seems reasonably better because I couldn't follow the book that much since I had first read it. But I watched the movie and I was like, oh, that's what happened. Okay. Okay. Interesting. So the, the movie helped clarify yeah. the book. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, and we also had a whole thread yes. of comments. And they warned us before they wrote this yes. that they were going to have a whole thread of comments. So you're going to hit some highlights um, from, from uh, uh, at Aldaroshka. Yeah, Aldaroshka. Aldaroshka sounds right. Um, so I'm not going to read all of those comments. Um, absolutely go to our Twitter, yeah. though, and yeah. find the poll because it was a really interesting thread. Yeah, whole big thread. And, yeah. uh, a lot, lots of good insight, I thought. Yeah. Um, but the gist of it was that they remember disliking the book and liking the movie when they were younger. But now, as an adult, they find the book charming. Um the, they said they thought that the Narnia books seemed unique and that they're lighthearted and they're not trying to be like dark or epic yeah. like a lot of other series kind like of try to do. Series, yeah. yeah, and especially recently. Yeah. Um, and then in contrast, the movies they said seem to be low key ashamed of being fairy tales for kids <laughs> and try way too hard to be grand, action packed, high fantasy and draw heavily from things like Lord of the Rings. Which I think is a fair I think criticism of the film. I think it's fair in this movie, and I mm -hmm. think I think we talked about it in the episode quite a bit. Is that this movie definitely felt like it was trying to course correct from because I I think that the first movie def, and it's why I talked about it in the first episode from my memory that I didn't like it as much mm -hmm. when I saw it at the time was because it didn't feel as uh, epic and cool and and. Mm -hmm. And 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 like as big of a grand fantasy story as Lord of the Rings, and which is what I was comparing it to when I saw it, the first movie. Mm -hmm. um, and I felt like this movie course corrected. It seemed to try to course correct from that slightly, and so I enjoyed it more. Again, as a mm -hmm. Lord of the Rings fan, as somebody who has no attachment to these books, so I can totally see, at least in this regard, um, in the, in in regards to this movie, why they would, yeah, yeah, that that. Uh, analysis yeah now the the tone of lion the witch and the wardrobe the movie definitely matches the books a, a little bit a, better a better yeah yeah um so basically for um for aldrushka um the movie was a bit generic and didn't preserve the charm and soul of the book so. all right there you go uh, the movie also got four votes on our Instagram account, but no interesting comments. So yeah, I saw that. It was just them. like people like. Yeah, movie. it was just like people saying movie. Movie. So. All right, fair enough. <laughs> if you say so. <laughs> All of our uh, Instagram posts for that episode also did like gangbusters. If you follow us on Instagram, you'll notice like out of nowhere, all of those were getting like the hundreds of likes. Oh, I don't know if they'll be able to see it because oh, Instagram made this change you, where you can't. I don't know if they can see it on our account or not. You, you can. Well, it doesn't show you. Then if you click on where it says others. Yeah. You can scroll. I mean, you, you can't, can't see, see how many number, exactly, but, yeah, but you, you can, can see scroll. that it's a lot compared they, they to like. Did, I mean, like, not like really well compared to like big Instagram accounts. Right. But compared but to our like, normal. Compared to our normal interaction that we get over there, something about the tags or something. Yeah. These posts did wildly well. well. And we, dis we discussed it a little bit. I think I'm, my hypothesis is that this movie series, because it wasn't as popular 
and as beloved as, say, Harry Potter or Lord of the Rings, mm-hmm. that there isn't the same sort of market saturation for yeah. Instagram posts, for posts about yeah. these so movies. So all of our stuff was probably at the top. Of the- That's what I'm saying. So when so when their posts do show up, the people, and there yeah. definitely are plenty of people. It's not like nobody saw these movies. Plenty of people saw them. So the right. people who do really love them. Uh, or like, hey, somebody posted a thing about a movie I like. You know what I mean? That, that's my guess is why they did so well is because they just it's like a less saturated market yeah. versus Harry Potter and other stuff like that. Instagram so. is also like... It's weird. I, I have mixed feelings about I like Instagram like on my personal account. Yeah. But like on the on the business account, Instagram mystifies me. It's it's a it's, little strange. It's a strange I'm I'm like an old person shaking their fist right now. It's a weird social media site. It's a little strange. It's a little strange. All right. That was it for our follow up poll and comments. Thank you to everybody who uh commented or uh, voted and all that good stuff. Let's get on and talk about Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs, the book. Since he was a little boy, Flintlock would dreamed of being a famous inventor. Remote controlled television! The trouble was, his inventions tended to be a little unusual. Ratbird! What's going on, little guy? Squeak, squeak, squeak! But a guy like Flint never, ever gives up. Flint. Hi, Dad! Something's wrong! Alright, Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs, the book. It's a children's book written by Judy Barrett and illustrated by Ron Barrett. They're a husband and wife team. Uh, first published in 1978. This book is older than I thought it was. Yeah, I I didn't know how old it was, yeah. but when I looked at it from when you had it and when I like glanced through the illustrations or when you like showed mm-hmm. me a page or whatever, I wouldn't have guessed 78. Yeah, I, um, I just remember 80s. it like so vividly from my childhood. I guess I assumed somewhere along the line that it was like from my childhood yeah. and not from earlier. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so it does have some pretty cool illustrations. It's maybe one of my favorite uh, illustrated children's books. Um, they're kind of like a comic style. Um, they're drawn with like uh, black ink and pencil. Um, so the book starts out in black and white. Um, and once like uh, a shift comes about, I won't spoil anything yet. Okay. Um, but there's a, a narrative shift that comes about, and then the illustrations are colored in, and it looks kind of similar to like a newsprint. Gotcha. Like if you were reading like the the comics in the yeah, newspaper, yeah. Yeah, yeah. which I did all the time as a kid. Yeah, I did too. I had Always nothing read. else to amuse myself with. I had things to amuse myself with, but I still read. <laughs> I read the Saturday comics or Sunday, yeah, whichever. I would read every, I, even the ones that I didn't understand. Yeah, I read I Doonesbury. Read, yeah. I didn't freaking understand Doonesbury. I still Doonesbury. don't understand Doonesbury. Nah, <laughs> that's OK Boomer the comic, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure. I say that. I'm pretty sure it's like moderately liberal, but I don't I don't even know for sure. Um, I, I haven't read it in years, but uh, yeah. No, I I read all of them. I I loved reading the comics. Yeah. Um but the illustrations in this book are pretty cool. I'll post some pictures at some point. Um if you have never read it or if you don't remember it, I would say go out and grab it. Again, go get it from the library or something. Mm-hmm. Um cuz it is a pretty neat looking book. Um it's also uh won some awards. It has some accolades. 
Um, it won the California Young Readers, or it was a nominee, rather, um, for the California Young Readers Medal in 1982. Um, according to Scholastic's website, it received a place on the New York Times Best Illustrated Children's Book of the Year list. Now, that source didn't say for what year. Um, I think most likely publication year. But I think reprints can get onto bestseller lists. So. I would I would think if it was nominated for a Young Readers Medal or something, that it maybe that that it was like a reprint year or something, yeah. and that maybe that year it got a lot of exposure for whatever reason, that's and maybe true. that's when it got yeah. nominated. Um, this is a children's book that has also um, endured. It's been uh, it's had a lasting reputation. Um, based on a 2007 online poll, the National Education Association named it um, uh, one of teachers' top 100 books for children. And uh, in a 2012 poll by a school library journal, it was also named one of top 100 picture books of all time. Wow. Uh, it also has two sequels, which I did not know about. Uh, Pickles to Pittsburgh, published in 2000, and Planet of the Pies from 2013. Wow. I have not read either of those. Do you, and I, this, I'm putting you on the place here. Do, do you know, were they written by the same, written and illustrated by the same uh, a couple? I believe so, yeah. Wow, okay. That's a big gap between Yeah, them, I know, like. yeah. Especially I mean, they, because... they've done other books Okay, together. fair so enough. they have, so, like, yeah. a, a career. Fair enough, yeah. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I had never heard of either of those, probably because they didn't exist when I was reading picture books. Right. But uh, Planet of the Pies sounds interesting. Check that out. Well, that one came out about. after the movie, so after yeah, the first that's movie. that's true. So. That's true. I wonder if it was influenced by the first movie at all. Who knows? Interesting. All right, that was it for some uh, fun book facts. Let's go ahead and talk about the movie. And then one day, he made an incredible discovery. Conversion of water into food. Networking power grid. Yes! Everyone is going to love this. This fall, if you have a hunger for excitement and an appetite for adventure, Prepare to get served. I learned so much. I, I don't have a ton of facts, but I learned so many interesting things. Mainly one interesting thing that I had no idea about. So I've never seen this movie, mm-hmm. first off. I just one of those ones I just missed for whatever reason. I've, Who knows? I've seen like pieces of it here and there. I've never watched the whole thing. Literally never seen a frame of it other than maybe the trailer, maybe. Um, uh, so I'd never seen it. Uh, and so when I was doing research, I did not know this, even though we had talked about doing it, whatever, I hadn't looked up anything until today when I was doing research and I was like, uh, okay, 2009 film, it's the directorial debut of Phil Lord and Christopher Miller, which anybody who's seen any big movies in the past 10 years will recognize those names. Probably more, um, they're probably more known as the, the combination of Lord and Miller, but uh, they directed the Jump Street movies, uh, mm-hmm. 21 and 22 Jump Street, um, with the... I can't remember either of those actors' names. <laughs> Why am, um, uh, Channing Tatum. Channing Tatum and uh, uh, Jonah, Jonah Hill. Jonah Hill, yeah. Uh, they also directed the Lego movie. 
I think they only did the. Fr- they might have done the sequel. I'm not sure. I didn't see the sequel. I really liked the Lego movie. Yeah, Lego movie is fantastic. I didn't see the second one. I heard it was okay. Meh, but so J- 21 and 22 Jump Street are hilarious. 22 yeah. Jump Street in particular, I found just delightfully hilarious without even having seen the first one mm-hmm. um i saw the second one first uh lego movie was incredible fantastic uh they directed the solo film for a while and then they were fired for creative differences supposedly oh, yeah or, there was a lot of there was a lot of hubbub about what that. what was going on there and they were potentially <laughs> taking it in a more comedic angle than maybe the studio wanted mm-hmm. and that sort of thing and so they ended up getting fired from that but they were all working on the solo film uh, and uh, more recently, they wrote, or at least um, one of them did. I think they both did. They wrote uh, Spider-Man in the Spider-Verse, which is one of my favorite movies of the last 10 years. Mm-hmm. It's n- definitely not like, one of my favorite. It was my favorite movie in 2018 or 17 or whatever year that came out. 2018. 2018. Yeah. Uh, it was my favorite movie that year. Just so good. Uh, and this, I did not know. This was the other thing I learned. So I was a big fan of this TV show called Clone High, which was an MTV animated show from like the early 2000s, I think. I've never heard of this. Yeah, it, but it only I also ran. F- wasn't allowed to watch MTV. Yeah, it only ran for like a <laughs> season or two. I think there's only probably like less than 20 episodes. If I had to guess, I don't know for sure. Um, uh, but the creator of it was. Uh, and I knew one person I knew that was involved with it is was Bill Lawrence, who is the guy who created Scrubs mm-hmm. and wrote most of Scrubs. I did not know that Phil Lord and Christopher Miller were the, his co-creators and writers mm-hmm. and directors on the show. They also did voices on it. Um, and so if you watched Clone High, Phil Lord and Christopher Miller were big parts of that. And I had no idea. So they've been a team for a long time. Yes. And like I said, I think Clone High was like the very early 2000s. Mm-hmm. I remember watching it in like high school or maybe even middle school. I don't remember exactly the years. Um, but it was, yeah, early 2000s, mid 2000s. Um, so, yeah, they've been together for a long time working together. And uh, I Clone High, I, I I bet it's problematic now. I mean, if I had to guess, if I, <laughs> I had mean, to most guess. Most things from the early 2000s are yeah, at least a little. Yeah, at least a little. And, and I, I mean, if you go back and watch Scrubs, I still love Scrubs. I think it's a great show still. And it most of it, a lot of it holds up. But it also is very problematic at times. Um, and, and I so I would imagine that Clone mm-hmm. High is similar. I don't know. I haven't watched it since the when it came out whenever years those were but i thought it was hilarious back then um so anyways that was a whole journey i went on of figuring out that holy cow they made this movie interesting too that both the book and the movie have like um like collaborative like teams yeah yeah i thought that was kind of funny too you know what also is hilarious and i didn't write this down uh is that the, the uh um originally sony pictures who made this movie hired a different director combo it was brothers some brother combos who had directed like some animated movies Mm -hmm. in the uh they directed the movie nine uh which was like an animated movie with uh, elijah wood and yeah Yeah, yeah, yeah. and and a couple other ones but they there's some brother combo um and they hired them initially but then got rid of them and got phil and lord or phil lord and chris they're not siblings but uh you know i saw it was weird that they had this combo Mm -hmm. director thing which i think isn't uncommon for animated films for Mm -hmm. whatever reason anyways um so phil lord and christopher miller after a year of working on the script uh because they were writing it they were fired for story issues this is not uncommon for them we've now finding out in their very first job they got fired (laughs) uh apparently they're maybe not super easy to work with um 
And they were replaced with new writers who, after a year, were also fired. And then Lord and Miller were rehired in 2006, and the two completely redid the script, this time with creative input from the crew, who was going to be involved in the animation process and all that sort of stuff. They were almost fired again after Amy Pascal, who was the head of Sony Pictures, criticized the film for a lack of story. Now, when I, I was... I haven't read reviews on this movie, but I looked at the like general critic cons- like on Wikipedia. They'll show like mm-hmm. they'll have like a sentence or two about what critics thought of this movie. Yeah, and that is like the biggest critical thing that that sent those couple sentences said was that it lacked an overall uh, mm-hmm. complex or interesting narrative or whatever. Um, so maybe she was right about that, but. Um, Laura Miller said later that they would uh, that this movie basically they decided to make an homage slash parody of disaster films like Twister and Armageddon and The Core and The Day After Tomorrow, which are all I've seen all of those movies and they're mm-hmm. all great slash terrible in their own ways. <laughs> I love Armageddon and Twister um, and Day After Tomorrow is just terrible. The Core, I think, is just terrible. Haven't been seen in a long time. Armageddon's a mixture of great and terrible. It's Michael Bay at his worst best. So, Um, (laughs) and Twister, I think, is arguably better than it is bad, but it also has its moments. Knowing the book, that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, In Israel, this is a random fun fact. Uh, In Israel, again, and now we're hit the point now where we're at the again the IMDb trivia so who knows Mm -hmm. but according to the imdb trivia in israel the film's title is it's raining falafel that is delightful (laughs) i thought so (laughs) and then turkey the title is it's raining kofta which are just like you know local variants of meatballs basically so makes sense Uh, the appearance of Flint's laboratory in the film is modeled off of uh, Wardenclyffe Tower, which is where Nikola Tesla's laboratory was. Uh, it's where he did all of his experiments on wireless transmission. And if you've seen, if I remember incorrectly, if you've seen The Prestige, uh, they go and visit Nikola Tesla in that film, played by David fucking Bowie. Um, that movie's great. But uh <laughs> It's Christopher Nolan. Um, and, they, and I'm pretty sure that's uh, at that place. That's uh, Wardenclyffe oh. Tower. And you can see it's... Well, I don't know if it's actually Wardenclyffe Tower. I assume probably not. But the, they recreate it in that movie. So if you've seen The Prestige, I think. Pretty sure. Uh, and finally... Uh, Lord Miller originally wanted to get the Electric Light Orchestra's title song from Xanadu, which is a terrible movie from 1980, (laughs) to play under the credits. And Electric Light Orchestra is like a trippy psychedelic band from the 80s, like Mm -hmm. 70s and 80s or whatever. Um, But they couldn't figure out who owned the rights for the movie. They apparently went around and around trying to get the rights for this song to play in their movie. Couldn't figure out who owned the rights. So instead... Miranda Cosgrove's Raining Sunshine was used, which is such a strange... I mean, it is a strange jump, but a Miranda Cosgrove song totally makes sense for a 2009 animated film. Not, I'm not at all saying it doesn't. I'm not even saying it's not good or what... I'm not judging it at all. I'm just saying it's such an interesting shift in <laughs> in like what they were going for versus what they ended up with it would seem yeah. to me now i have not heard miranda cosgo's cosgrove's raining sunshine i'm sure i've 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 seen xanadu years and years and years ago but uh i can't imagine that they're particularly similar so <laughs> i think that's interesting that's all i got for movie notes and that's all we got for this episode 
So, you can come back in one week's time. This is on Netflix. Yes. We looked it up. So, if you want to watch this movie, you can go back, rewatch it. It's on Netflix. Most people have Netflix. Not everybody. Um, if you don't have Netflix, uh, go check out your local library. Odds are they probably have it. Yeah. Uh, if you get yourself a library card, support your local library and check out this movie. You can uh, pick up the book, too. There you go. There. While you're there, get both. Yeah. You can read the book in about 10 minutes, and then you can watch <laughs> the movie. There you go. Boom. Perfect. And you'll be supporting your local library, because those, those numbers... The numbers the matter. The numbers matter. The numbers matter, man. Yeah. Uh, so do that. Screw Netflix. <laughs> Go to your local library and get it. <sighs> but yeah. Uh, anyways, that's all we have for this week's episode. Until next week, guys, gals, non binary, and everybody else. Keep reading books. Keep watching movies. And, and keep, keep being, being awesome. awesome.